We are a week out from the NBA draft. There's still so much to get to and free agency is not far behind. So today we're going to focus on free agency with our pal Keith Smith. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is June 15th, 2023, one week to the NBA draft. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the side expert and editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we are not going to talk about the NBA draft. We are going to talk about free agency and the other moves surrounding the draft. The draft plays a role in it. Uh, that the Magic will be making this offseason, obviously a huge offseason for the Magic with Keith Smith of Track. We'll bring him in here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's podcast is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So let's bring in our guest, the great Keith Smith of SpotTrack. Uh, covers all things NBA transactions. He's the, guy, he's the guy that I turn to whenever I have a collective bargaining agreement question or anything like that. We'll get to that in a minute, but before we do that, the pleasantries. Keith, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. This is uh, one of my favorite times of year where, you know, week out from the draft, things are really starting to pick up. We're getting all those rumors of T-Max could trade, you know, pick Y and, you know, this team's trying to trade up and all those things. And then we're getting all the free agency stuff and option decisions are happening and contract guarantees will start coming in here in the next uh, week or two. And it's, it's just a great time of year. It all comes. It's like drinking from a fire hose. The minute the finals ends, it's like, here we go. You know, other sport is like this as far as, you know, they, they play their championship and immediately uh, moving into their off season, but it's a lot of fun. Basketball never stops, and that's that's the great thing about the NBA. There's always something to talk about, which is why I still go five days a week until August. Um, and, and even then with the World Cup coming up this summer and the Magic yeah. having so many guys in the World Cup, it's going to be it, – it, it, do, it does not stop. And, and obviously, you know, we are now sitting a week away from the NBA draft. A lot of things are, are going to be crystal clear for this, for this Magic team, especially, um, you know, you and I both know, you know, I bring you on for the trade deadline deadlines create action deadlines are what kind of spurs these teams. These, these guys are just like us doing our homework. We don't touch it until, <laughs> until there's an urgency about it, or, or we don't really focus intently on it until there's an urgency about it. Um, but obviously let, let's start, let's start here. Um, I know I'm big on trying to decipher what rumors mean. And, and this is a period where there's a lot of, I don't want to say misinformation. There's a lot of intentional disinformation. There's a lot of, uh, subterfuge going on at this at this juncture of of the of the season a week ahead of the draft. I mean, I saw there's a report today that from I think Jonathan Gavoni on his ESPN mock draft saying, "Oh, the Hornets really like Scoot Henderson. He had a great great workout." I saw another person tweet. It might have been a joke. It might not have been someone reliable. Say, "Oh, Scoot Henderson like failed his workout." 
Um, you know, we have the news that Bradley Beal is going to come onto the market, that Washington is finally going to trade him three years too late. Um, but let's start here before we get into kind of the magic specific information. As someone who follows all this stuff, you know, is kind of clued in a little bit to what's going on as far as what front offices are doing. How do you read rumors a week out from the draft? Like, what do you, what do you, what are you looking at as you see some of these reports, as you even do some of your own reporting on what front officers are going to do, knowing that everybody's kind of doing their kind of like doing things for their own purposes right now. Yeah. Heavy dose of skepticism is I think the best way to put that. I, I'll spend a lot of time looking at various things. And one of the things I always try to try to view is where is this coming from and who does this benefit? Right. So let's use that Scoot Henderson example today. Scoot had a great workout with the Charlotte Hornets. Okay. Well, that benefits Scoot a little bit, right? Because hey, he's still in the mix for number two, but it also really benefits the Hornets because if they know New Orleans or maybe anybody else who wants to trade up to get to Scoot, Hey, you can't just trade up with Portland. You might need to come to us, right? If you really want him, because he's still in the mix for us. So, so th those are the kind of things that you know comes out and you kind of filter through it. Some of them are a lot more straightforward, right? Fred Van Vliet is going to decline his player option. Well, that's very straightforward. He's going to decline his player option. We move on. But anything that is like a trade rumor or a signing rumor, I really start to look through of like who who is this benefiting you? What is this kind of out there, you know, for when it's you know strictly a report rumor? base kind of thing because that that that's the kind of the first filter that that I run through is you know who, who does this make sense to have this out in the world for because for everybody it's it's a little bit different yeah uh, and for sure I mean let's let's bring this back to the magic we know the magic don't leak anything like if, if something is coming like typically and I tell this to all my listeners I'll, I'll repeat it here if something's coming out about the magic I am pretty much like 95% sure it's not coming from the magic that it's someone else <laughs> using the not. magic as leverage. And, and like, look, I, I like my philosophy on everything is if it's a reporter, if it's, it's someone that I know is trained as a reporter, I don't doubt that someone told them the information, whether it's true or not, isn't necessarily important. It, they were deaf. I believe that people were told that what they are reporting, whether that is what actually is happening or whether that's like, I always tell people, like I tell people around the deadline, reports are usually like two, three steps behind where people are actually at. Like the reason things are leaking, it, there's a reason everything leaks. Uh, like you said, you got to find that, that reason. And so when it comes to the magic, they're so tight lipped. We saw how they operated last year. You know, Woj called them like the, the greatest kind of like draft process that's ever happened how they kept everything so quiet. And, you know, I've, I've heard some rumblings that it was never close that they were taking Palo the entire way. Um, We've seen the magic. We know the magic are fairly quiet, but there there have been some whispers and some rumor and some rumblings that you know the magic would be a team that would like to trade up, whether it's to take Scoot, whether it's to take Amon Thompson. Um, you know the draft. You know you you told me that you're kind of up on this draft a little bit. Maybe we'll talk about some of what the magic could do on draft night. But um, I want to bring it back to this kind of bigger philosophy and kind of the bigger thing that this offseason feels like it's going to be about for the magic. How quickly do you anticipate the Magic trying to kind of push some chips in and make their make their team good? It is is I guess let's start here with the draft. Is this a team that could potentially trade some chips in to you know as I would say take one more bite at the apple at a high level player? It sounds like Scoot Henderson or Amen Thompson, at least if you believe the rumors, are, are the guys that they'd be trying to trade up for. Is is that the right path for a team in the Magic's 
position? Like how, how essentially what I'm asking, how aggressive should the magic be, whether that's trading up in the draft or potentially trading around uh, elsewhere for some veteran players? Yeah, I think there's two answers to that. It depends on the approach, right? I think getting aggressive in the draft is fine. They're, it's not that they're out of roster spots, but you're starting to run a little tight on roster spots, right? You're 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 no longer restarting with all right, we got our first guy kind of coming in, and then we're gonna go forward from there. Now you're you're seven, eight guys in to what you feel is a pretty good core group. Now, of that seven, eight guys, I would argue probably like four are really the core players um, that you're really moving forward with, with the other guys are kind of in the next tier. And then, then the rest are, that's the supporting players around the roster. So when you're that far in, I don't have a problem if it is, Hey, we're going to package six and 11, right. Uh, to move up, to get the guy we really, really want. I don't know that that gets you up to two or three, just those two guys. I, it seems like that they're drawing kind of a hard line in the sand there. Um, you know, if you really wanted to get up in a Scoot Henderson range, but that should be enough to move you up to four or five if you wanted to get Amon Thompson, unless, you know, the Rockets or, um, gosh, it's the, the slipping who has the fifth pick right now, uh, Detroit. Uh, Detroit, unless they're really sold that he's their guy, right? So that becomes a, um, question mark there, right? But that should be enough to get you in the range. And I have a huge issue if you do that, just because you're no longer looking to fill out an entire roster. Now you're trying to get targeted fits. I feel slightly different on the veteran side of it. I don't know that I'd be, hey, let's throw six and 11 to go get you know, a second tier veteran guy to come in. That's too far for me. That That's not really right. Now, if you could do that to go get a guy that is one young enough and good enough to fit with the core for the next, let's call it three, four seasons. Then I'm fine with that. If, you know, if it's somebody who's that good, but that's not going to take just six and 11, right. Then that's, you're talking six, 11 plus, plus, probably plus, you know, who else are we putting in the trade? What else are we going to do? So that maybe taking back a bad contract. On exactly. Yeah. So that becomes a little bit, you know, you kind of start going back and forth on those things, right. Where it's a little like, uh, it's it, that becomes a little little more risky, right? Because I don't know that they're. I think they're going to be good enough anyway, without anything else right now to compete for a play-in spot next year, and probably maybe even the sixth seed. We'll see. A lot of that depends on how do all these other teams shake out through the off season. But they should you be can in say that health range. too. Yeah, hell yeah, oh yeah, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> without a doubt. Um, especially with this team, uh, you know. But it is. But you should be in that range. Now the question becomes, do I want to go all in, trade my picks, go get a veteran who puts us in the four or five range? Is that enough better? Or do I say, let's bank on internal improvement using a bunch of the cap space we have and going out and you know getting a guy that way? That's probably more the direction I go. But if you want to do its package to move up in the draft, to get one more potentially core piece uh, to your young group, yeah, by all means, you'll, you'll make that happen. Yeah, I think I think that's a really interesting point about like the kind of different levels of aggression, and maybe it's certainly not a point that I've I've brought up here. Um, you know, I've I've kind of thought of the one more bite at the apple idea as saying like with six, you you take a big swing. You know, with one of these two picks, you take a big yeah. swing. You 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 go for you know an Osar Thompson maybe doesn't fit you perfectly because the shooting is still an issue, but rangy defender, bit you know big guy, a little, big playmaker, you know, kind of fits you know, the athletic profile that you go for. 
Uh, and then you go safer with the second pick at with, with Jordan Hawkins. But I, I know, I know one of my drafting like ideas or one of the, one of my draft philosophies is kind of the, what Utah did with Donovan Mitchell. If, if you're, if that's your guy, if, if you look at this draft class and you determined like we need Scoot Henderson to make this work or Amen Thompson makes this whole thing work. Um, especially with how loaded this magic team is with young guys. I, I think it would be a little silly to bring in three rookies. We have the 36 pick as well um, to this roster. If, like I, I know something I've been banging the drum on is this team needs to get older. They were the third youngest roster in the league last year. I mean, they don't quite need their horse grant quite, quite yet, but they need someone <laughs> sure. that's been around the block. Like we'll get into the Gary Harris decision here in a minute, but like, to me, losing Gary Harris, even if Jalen Suggs is going to start on opening night, that that that's still a huge loss to me, not just because of his skill as a shooter, but because he's the only 30-year-old on the roster, you know, especially I don't even think he's 30 yet. I think he's still 29. Um, he's the only veteran on the roster who's been anywhere. And especially as this team begins to try to compete for a playoff spot, they they need some of that veteran presence. So I'm certainly not against it if six and eleven can get you. I think maybe moving up one spot to five might be a little, might be giving up a lot. Uh, to four, you know, maybe you could get some more future draft capital back. You know, a high, a high second like Houston's probably not going to be good for a little while. So a second is like essentially a first round. It's kind of like a, a scot free first round pick. Um, you know, there's definitely there's definitely the opportunity opportunity there. Um, you know, I think this this battle between patience and going all in is is kind of the storyline for this for this Magic team. Like you said, you know, it it feels like with how they finished the last three quarters of the season, they were 20, 29 and twenty eight the last three quarters of the season. Um, that's good enough to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. And you know, I think that a lot of what this team has certainly believed in and shown us over the last over throughout Jeff Weltman's tenure is this this the ability to be patient, like, like he, every summer, it seems like we're anticipating the magic doing something big. We thought about in 2019, you know, 2020, certainly after they like kind of flamed out of the playoffs, they just kind of were treading water. I think we were all expecting like, Hey, you know, I know you're waiting on Jonathan Isaac, but it, it might be time to make a big move if you want to take this thing forward. And it seems like outside of the trade day on uh, the trade deadline, March, 2021, he Weltman is value continuity. Um, and so it, it feels like the most a I would get I'll ask your team building opinion on this. Is that the right decision? And especially with this a young team that still has a lot of unknowns. Like, you know, what does Markel Fultz look like his first full offseason after the ace after rehab? You know, can Jonathan Isaac get himself back on the court uh and give him a chance? You know, Wendell Carter is coming off a career uh, a career season. Can can he establish himself as a top center? It feels like the Magic would also benefit from giving a lot of these guys their one more bite at the apple to kind of prove themselves and see what they look like and see how they grow as uh, on a team that has some more expectation now. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the worst mistake young teams make is let's try to be good right now, right? We're, we're already kind of good. Like, like we're, we're where the magic were. We're, you know, if if one of two things either happened, if we'd started to play better even one month earlier, or if there was one more month left in the season, we're in the mix for the play-in, right? It, you, but you got to be really careful because that's not your end goal, right? Your end goal, or at least it better not be um, your end goal. <laughs> if that's your end goal, we've got a lot of problems. So then it becomes... 
all right, what what really is to be gained if we go and you know make these moves? Now, all that said, with this specific team, I think there are to kind of not restate all the guys you brought up, but I think you can bank on a heavy dose of internal improvement, right? Paulo's just going to be more efficient next year. That's just going to be how it goes. Um, even if it doesn't necessarily always show up in all of the numbers, he's going to be a better player. Franz is probably going to, you know, figure things out a little bit more with his on ball stuff in that. And there's art. And that's not saying he's not good at it because he's good at it today, but it's just going to be a little bit better. So, those are kind of my two main guys, right? And then after that, it's everybody else is like, all right, let's see, you know, poor Jalen Suggs. Can we just get him on the court for 65, 70 games, you know, straight basically? Because what seems like it happens is he plays 10, 15 games that aren't so great. Then he plays about 10, 15 games that are pretty good. Then he gets hurt. And then we start it all over again. And it, that's where you just, you know, let him get out there, please stay on the court long enough to, to figure things out. But the the other piece that I got to look at is, right, they can get to roughly 20 million-ish in cap space, a little bit more than that, with very little ease. That's without sacrificing a single rotation player. Uh, you know, re- really, you're, you're, you're just making it happen in that case. But if they want to be major players in free agency, now you're getting into some of the rotation guys got to go. Guys like Gary Harris, uh, Jonathan Isaac, Bull Bull. Those guys would, you know, if you wanted to wipe the decks clean, yeah, then you're, you know, you're talking 40, 50 million dollars in cap space. So two things. One, if all of a sudden we get a report of the Magic are waving Gary Harris and waving Jonathan Isaac, well then Weltman has some plan in place to use all that cap space to do something huge because he's not going to do it just to, to do it, right? He's not going to go into the summer with, hey, I've got all this money and wave it around for no reason. He's not trading Tobias Harris for Brandon Jennings and Arisano Yasova <laughs> just to yes. clear the cap room, just to Correct. have it. Like if, if I mean, and like, like look, let's be real about this. As much as you're not supposed to talk to guys before June 30th at 6 p.m. Eastern time hey, or whatever time knows. it is, yeah. everybody knows. If like, like, like let's, let's say the name out loud. If the Magic are really getting Fred Van Vliet, we're going to know June 30th because Gary Harris is no longer on the team. That's yep. like Gary, like June 30th, Gary, like is the guarantee date for Gary Harris's contract. If Gary Harris is a free agent, that means the Magic are doing something and, and they're not waving him unless they know they're getting the big fish that they're going after. You know, again, exactly. that could be a trade because it could be absorbing, con- absorbing salary sure. and open cap space, but, yep. but it means they're doing something big. We're going to deal like it's, it's going to be like, a tsunami. The tide's going to come out before it comes in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is not, they're no longer the just, just in case team, right? Let's, let's throw, you know, let's wave money around and try to get two, three free agents to sign here. That's not the way they operate anymore. And that's not going to be how it's done. All of that said, I don't think that's the way it goes at all. I think they're going to guarantee Gary Harris. I can tell you every conversation I've had with anybody around the team, and this isn't inside information by any means, they like him. He is the quote-unquote adult in the guard room. And it's not the NFL where you have position rooms, but that's kind of how they say it, right? So among that guard group, he's the one. Yeah, and to your point, he'll be 29 in September, I believe it is, um, of this year. He'll be. This is his age 29 season coming up. So it's not like he's you know, a super old veteran either, but compared to the rest of the guys on the team, he might as well be. So they like him for that reason. And plus he's good, right? That's a whole other he's thing. He's so good. And he they retains need to get him trick. more shots. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know we, you and I have had that conversation multiple times. Of like, would you please get this guy more involved? Um, you know, but anyway, he retains his trade value there. With Isaac, that one's a little harder, right? Because you could you could create almost ten million extra in space if you wave him, if you stretched him even more, which they probably wouldn't do. But the challenge is you've been through so much with him that I think this is the. All right, rather than creating 10 million and still having to eat 7.6, let's just bring them back. We'll figure it out. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it happens. He stays healthy and we go. And then if it doesn't, I think after this year, if it's another disastrous year with injuries and he just never gets there, then you wave him free and clear and you move on. And at that point, nobody can blame the magic, right? It'll be you've done everything you could have ever been expected to do you know, to, to with this guy. So that's where, and then bull bulls contract is so comically small. It just doesn't even make sense to wave them. Yeah. And I get it right. I know people who call it the bowler coaster and everything that you go through with him, where the sun's he, like, this he was essentially awesome. a rookie last year. Like we yeah. gotta be real. Yeah. Like, like it, yeah. like, I mean, and I know I've been on the, on the train be like, I think they'll keep him too, but I, I, I struggle to see what his role is. And so he's kind of back in the same spot. He was in Denver yeah. where he's not getting opportunity, but he showed enough that, if you treat him like a rookie, he can, he can still be something he can, you can still use him in certain lineups. You know, again, if yeah. it's almost, you know, and the magic have a few players like that, you know, Chumo KK is going to, you know, Chumo KK is coming near the end of his rookie contract. Yeah, You've seen enough that you're like, okay, we can still give this a chance, but like, I think this is the key here. You can't rely on it. And I think that's the big task for the magic. This, this off season is, you know, you have some of these nice players, but they're not players you can rely on. And if you're trying to be a playoff team, you know, if OKK has to make a couple spot spot minutes in the rotation or he earns his way back in the rotation, that's fine. But you need to cover yourself a little bit for it Correct. too. You need to cover yourself and say like, at this point, we can't rely on Chuma OKK to be that three and D wing that we need. Um, you know, Jonathan Yeah, Isaac, he's just not going to be, right? You yeah, can't he, rely he, on him. If you have him, great. It's a bonus. Yep. And, and it just, no, go ahead. No, that's what I was, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. For a lot of these guys, it's almost like, we're coming to the end of these experiments, right? And, you know, some of them worked out good. Some of them did. Markel Fultz worked out pretty good, right? I think we all feel pretty good about that one. Um, OKK didn't really go great. Jonathan Isaac's just been, it's just been a mess, right? No, Nobody's fault, just kind of how it's all gone. And then, you know, Bowl is, you know, it, it's fine. But I look at him as the number's so small, it's barely above a minimum. There's no reason not to keep him. So my basic going in standpoint has been, they're going to take the 20 or so million that they have. They're going to use that intelligently. They'll probably let the first wave of free agency go by, you know, that first wave of, you know, max deals and big names changing teams and all that. And then it'll be, Oh, look, player X who's pretty good is still sitting there and he no longer has a $35 million team to go to. Hey, we're over here. You're a really good fit for us. How about 20? How about, you know, 15 for a 25 million guy. Where where are we at? You know, and they may say, yeah, we'll do a one year or a two year deal. Well, we'll do those things because then that allows them to keep all their own flexibility. And those guys may say, and if I'm taking an under market deal, I don't want to lock in long term. And that's where I think the magic will will pick off one or two rotation players for next year, but as bargains. Or it'll be they'll be kind of sitting there as, oh, you you're making a big trade and you need to clear 15 million in salary for a guy who's actually not bad but you just you got to move it hey hi yo here we are 
you know, let, let, let us know. And that's, that's a great place to be in, right? Cause that, that's where you are snagging values off other teams in ways where it's not in effect. It's not costing you anything. It, yeah. It's costing you ownership it's dollars to pay it out, but you got to do that for the most part. Anyway. You're paying that anyway. You got to pay the exact salary floor anyway. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, well, so go, go, go make it happen, right? Go, go get a couple, couple guys. Cause the, the whole, yeah, playing for Max guys, that's just not where they're at right now. And I, and I don't think it makes sense for them to even try. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about how the magic can, can, or where the magic should kind of allocate some of those dollars and, and some of the other extension decisions that are coming. Cause this is actually a big, big off season. I would, I would argue we're kind of in the last time that the magic can play around as if money doesn't mean anything. Um, I know a lot of people who say like Jonathan Isaac's got to give you more for $17 million. And I'm just like, his salary is meaningless. Like money doesn't mean anything with this team. We'll get into some of that coming up here uh, in just a moment. Uh, but first we have to say a quick word from our friends over at game time. I went to the Ra- to Tampa Bay Rays game a couple weeks ago. I uh, had a great time, got my tickets through the game time app. Everything on it was just so simple and easy. And even the parts that were difficult Game time really helped me out, and the parts that were difficult were MLB's fault, not not game times. Uh, game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. It's the grow, fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You get images of your seat before you buy. I know I use that, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. They give have give you price comparisons for other seats in the area that you're looking, and tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. And even if you do. Uh, the people at game time are super, super nice. Helped me out with an issue I had with the MLB app. Again, it was MLB's fault um, and gave me my tickets on my phone. Very easy to get in and out of the game, especially uh, down at the trop. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on NBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Before we get back with Keith, it is that time of year again. It's the Locked On NBA Mock Draft Special. It's here and bigger than ever. Follow along the entire first round in a six-episode Ultimate Mock Draft experience only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are are available now on Locked On NBA Big Board on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please, please be kind to me. We did this mock draft a few weeks ago. I do it very differently now. I'm still very happy with how I did in the mock draft, but um, I'm sure most of you, I'm sure I got, I know I got pilloried. I know I got criticized a ton by the, by the panel, by everyone, but I'm still pretty happy with how I did. Although I do it completely different now. That's the nature of the draft. Check it out today. The Locked On NBA mock draft special uh, available on the Locked On, on Locked On NBA big board and wherever you get podcasts. I will, I will spare you what I did in that mock draft, Keith, because I'm sure even you would criticize me for it. Um, I I thought I, you know, at the time, I thought I was reaching a little bit, but still did okay. Um, uh, I won't spoil spoil it here, um, <laughs> but I, I, I filled two needs. I got my shooter and I got a backup big that I was very, very happy with. I'll let you guys guess what that is or just listen to the podcast. But um, Keith, uh, like we said uh, before we went to the break there, um, this kind of feels like the last, like it's either this summer or next summer. It's kind of the last summer 
where the magic are kind of playing with house money. It feels like like money it is not important. Like it doesn't matter. Like they they still got Paolo on his rookie deal. Deal Franz is on his rookie deal. So your two most important players are under market salaries. You know they 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 really worked hard with the way they've structured a lot of their salaries and their contracts to have all of this flexibility to be able to do anything they want. Um, you know, th- at some point they're going to have to spend some money uh, and spend it seriously and lose some and, and risk some of this flexibility. If there's been a criticism of Jeff Weltman, it's that he's played everything pretty cautiously um, throughout his entire tenure, whether it was the rebuild phase or the playoff phase, he's played things very cautiously to allow him to make any kinds of moves. He's never done the all in move. Um, granted, I'll, I'll say this, the two big decisions he's made as president of basketball operations, you know, blowing up the team at the deadline in March, 2021 and drafting Paolo Bancaro, knock both of those moves out of the ballpark, you know, say what you want, maybe about the Denver deal, the Chicago deal set them up really, really well for the future. That was the surprise deal. That was the deal where they had the leverage and the, and, and the bargaining strength. He knocked that, that deal out of the park. The Boston deal obviously didn't have any strength because Fournier was an expiring Aaron Gordon deal didn't have any strength because Gordon had already gone public with his trade request and you're just kind of getting whatever you can get. And Hey, Gary Harris has been good. Like we said, um, knowing that then, you know, you said the magic are going to kind of still bite at the edges a little bit. They've obviously got this young group that they're, they're fostering and, and it doesn't seem like they want to make maybe that big move to like kind of get in the way of Paolo and Franz's development. And, 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 I, and I'm all for that. You know, I think, you know, bringing in uh, Fred, you know, even a guy like Fred Van Vliet, like, yes, he can play a little bit more off the ball. He's a little bit more of a volume shooter. That's still going to take the ball out of Paolo and Franz's hands a little bit. Um, having said that, then, what are the kind of types of free agencies or what are the free agents or what are the needs do you, do you think the Magic need to address this time around in free agency? Yeah, I think the, the, Tricky part becomes, are you looking for a starter, right? If you're looking for a starter, then, you know, where, right? Is is it going to be someone who pushes Franz down to the two? Is it going to be someone who starts at the two? Because I think, think you're pretty well locked in with four uh, spots. It's really that fifth spot. Is it, you know, we're going to roll with Suggs, hope he grows into it and stays healthy, um, you know, or do we need to replace that spot? So another wing. You know, just because another wing in the rotation is always going to be a good thing, too. Ideally, I would want a wing with a little more size. I know some people have mentioned, you know, well, what about like Gary Trent Jr.? I don't dislike the idea at all. I just feel like he's another guard. And I feel like you have four pretty good guards already for the Magic, especially if you're keeping Gary Harris around. So then it becomes, I'd rather see someone who's more three that could maybe play some, some two or maybe three that could play some four. I would be ideal because I think the backup big situation is a little messy um, there. So, you know, now backup big being your primary target in free agency always feels a little weird, right? Because it's like, cool, well, we better be awesome then if that's all we really need. So I think what I would do is I would invest the bulk of my resources in going and getting another wing if I was going to do that through free agency. And of course the draft will factor in here as well. But if, if it was, just take the draft out of it because best player and figure it out. Um, I would look for another wing, uh, you know, like I said, a wing with size. So, you know, not that these guys are all guys I would definitely super chase after, but you know, if you could get involved um, and you felt like the time was right to spend, you know, 20 plus million Kyle Kuzma could be a really good 
you know, fit as a, as a scoring wing that you could bring in and, and play. And I think he could play just fine uh, with those other guys um, there. If, if you wanted to go, if you wanted to go with Gary Trent Jr. Again, I don't have a huge problem with that. A little bit cheaper options, potentially, you know, you could go, if you wanted to go straight shooting on the wing, Dante DiVincenzo, Max Struess, that uh, could be options. Those are guys that you could go after um, on the, the big line. I think a guy like Trey Lyles could be really good for this team. Uh, can play both the four and the five, can really shoot, can do a lot of different things. Kind of, I think, got overlooked a little bit in a really good season for Sacramento. Uh, Jalen McDaniels is, is a guy you could take a look at. Now, if you're going really kind of under the radar free agents that I think would really fit this team well, he debates Diop. Uh, had a really nice season for the Spurs. Yuta Watanabe had a nice season for the Nets. But those guys are guys that are – that's probably, hey, we're going more under the radar and we're going to go, you know, spend more money on the, you know, the bigger type guys. So, so those are the guys, you know, and then if then backup, true like backup center spot, no issue if you roll back with, with Mo Wagner, that's fine. Uh, no, no problems there at all. No problem if you, you wanted to bring back Goga Batadze and say, all right, hey, we're going to bring you back and give you a shot or, you know, any one of the, you know, 15 veteran options that are going to be there for the minimum. Those guys will obviously still be there. The big, big thing for the magic is, is which kind of relates to the first discussion we had. I don't hate the idea of packaging the picks. We're just starting to run into roster spots a little bit, right? There's only still 15 roster standard roster spots. And we are starting to run into those a little bit there. Um, So that becomes a whole other conversation around. All right. You know, do, do we you know, spend more on one guy simply because we can now and we may not be able to two years from now as the team starts to get a little bit more expensive? Yeah, and and like to that point, like to me, I know I've been banging this drum and, and, the, and the options, frankly, are not great in free agency. I think the Magic do need to upgrade their backup center spot. And, and again, I know that's not maybe like the kind of sexy or the biggest, <laughs> like sure. go, go spend $15 million on a guy that's going to play 12 to 20 minutes a game, you know, 20 to 25 minutes a game. But like Wendell Carter has never played more than 67 games in the season. I think mm-hmm. like 65 games in a season. I, you know, as good as Wendell Carter is. And, and look, I, I think Wendell Carter is very good. I think he's in a big prove it season. I want to see him in the playoffs just to know if he can be a playoff center. Cause like he's good, but I still have my questions. Um, but I do think the magic, if they're serious about competing need to be ready for Wendell Carter to miss 15 games a season. Um, they need to be ready for him to be out 15 to 20 games. And that's not, again, that's not a knock on Wendell Carter, but we've had four or five years now where this has been the case. They just, they just got to be ready for it. And look, Mo Bamba looked like he'd be a high level backup. You know, somebody could even play alongside Wendell for a little bit. He struggled in that role. Uh, Mo Vog, I, I have no problem bringing Mo Wagner back, but to me, Mo Wagner is like the perfect third center. You know, bring yep. him in when you, when you're, when you're, when you're short on depth bring him in when you need an offense, a little bit of offensive punch. But at the end of the day, you know, you look at the second spectrum stats, no center who played at least 50 games in the league this year had a worse defensive field goal percentage at the rim than Mo Wagner. His defensive strategy is to take charges and teams, <laughs> yeah. are, ha- team, teams are happy to challenge him because he will not take enough charges to, to beat, give, beat scoring 70% at the rim or 75% at the rim or whatever, whatever the, that number was. Um, I just oh. know that he's the worst. I'll add to that, take charges or get you so angry and riled up that you try to run straight directly. <laughs> and and you need ball. that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need that guy. And I'm with you. Yeah, he's best as a third guy. You're right, because those are the nights where – those are the nights Jamal Mosley should be able to look down the court and be like, man, we just need to need something. 
and throw him in there for five minutes and see if he can energize you or the Knights, you know, Wendell Carter's out tonight, you know, he can go in and play 10, 15 minutes as the backup as opposed to being the backup who then has to play 30 minutes. Yeah. That's where it gets a little sideways. And, and I, I very much believe there will be a time and place for Paulo at the five more. It's just not yet. Right. It's, it's just, yeah. we're, we're going to break I felt that like, out I felt like- down the line. Yeah, and, and I think and I think the Magic want to experiment with their lineups. Like mm-hmm. I, I I very much think the Magic want to try it, but like last year especially was let's just see what Paolo can do. Like let's put one thing on Paolo's plate and see if he can handle it. And then obviously he, he handled a lot of diff- a lot of things really really well. Um, but to that point, then like Paolo's not a rim protector either. Like the Magic are short rim protectors. You know, if you draft Taylor Hendricks at six or eleven. You know, you can maybe play a lot of pa- lineups at Paolo at the five because Hendricks can switch with him. Hendricks can can protect the rim a little bit. He's a rookie, obviously, mm-hmm. but you know th- that's that's kind of rim like the Magic have solid paint defense in my opinion with Wendell Carter. They don't have rim protection, um, and and you know again this is like I know I've been hinting at this. My concern with Wendell Carter is that there's not enough rim protection to to to, to elevate a team in the playoffs. Like your your ceiling is limited if you can't play above the rim a little bit. And again, you knows what Wendell Carter can be. I want to see him in the playoffs just to prove me wrong, prove my hypothesis wrong here. It's all, it's all theoretical till we see this team in the playoffs and we understand what their real flaws are. Um, And so to me, like, again, as much as the magic want to make the playoffs this year, and I think this is like part of the equation in free agency. and, And like you said, keeping some financial flexibility, still being nimble enough to change as conditions change, but the magic are balancing like two really delicate things here. They're building for a future. They see that future. They're, they're, they're still playing for that future. But like management isn't saying it, but all the players are saying it. We want to be in the playoffs. And this team's, I think, still got to do some work to get themselves there. Like they got the talent. If everything breaks right, you're right. They should be there next year. But, you know, if everything breaks wrong, like say an ankle or leg or, 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 or something to that effect, um, things could go south really, really quickly. Like, as much as we want to own the 29 and 28 portion of the season, we also have to own the five and 20 part. That team still, that team still exists. Like they've grown out of it a lot. Um, you know, they, like, I know I said this on my, on, on the podcast yesterday, the fact that the magic were a 500 team last year, didn't have a losing streak longer than I think three games after this, after December, like that's a huge step forward. They also didn't have a win streak longer than three games after December. Like they, yeah. they, they were like bouncing back and forth and like, look, as, as much as we shouldn't celebrate being a 500 team, that's still an important, that's still an important step of, yeah. of the process. And, and, and the team, you know, they didn't get not, all the way there, but it, they got, they got close. Yeah. And let me interrupt real quick if I can, cause it's not, you lose me entirely when people say, well, we were 500 from like March on. Okay, great. Half the teams don't care from March. Half of them are trying to lose. And then the other half are like, we're just trying to get to the playoffs healthy. You know, so, or maybe it's like more like thirds, right? Third is trying to lose. A third is, you know, just trying to get healthy. And the other third is like, hey, we're still playing. So I don't really, those lose me. But when you're talking, you know, months of 500 basketball, that starts to feel a lot more like, okay, we're probably a 500 team, right? That's where I feel like this team is to, I completely agree. Cause this is where some magic fans have come at me. Cause I'm like, guys, we can't, you can't just throw away the first two months of the year because because 
that doesn't tell the fun part of the story. Like it still all counts. You know, there's still 82 of these things. We didn't play 57 of them. You know, this is not a lockout COVID impacted season, right? This was a full 82 game season. But to that point is, so let's celebrate that. Let's look as that as a data point to where we're going, but everybody's going to have a downswing in there. And what you can have is you don't want to have that downswing be our base is 500 and then our downswing takes us under 500. You want to be, our base is enough over 500, you know, four, five, six games above 500. That when we have the downswing, if it knocks us down to 500, okay, we're, we're still, we're still fine. You know, in the step forward season, let me throw a couple names at you just cause I'm curious. Cause you seem to be big on the backup big uh, yeah, portion. Yeah. So these are, these are three names that, that I kind of, kind of like, I'm going to actually, I'm going to give you four instead. Okay. All unrestricted free agents, so no, like, you you don't have to mess around with offer sheets or anything like that, because that gets super messy. So the four guys that jump out to me, Nas Reed, I think could be... That's the one. Uh, I, that's the name I'm thinking of. Yep, could be a really interesting target, because I think as much as he would like to start, I don't think that starting opportunity is necessarily coming, and he'd certainly play more in Orlando in that three-man big rotation with Paulo and, and Wendell Carter than he is with Gobert and Towns. You can play him a little bit injuries. at the four too. Like mm-hmm. you can, you can yeah. move him around. He's yep. a good, he's a good three point shooter for a size. Like he isn't a classic rim protector, yep. but he he's energy guy. He can block some shots. He's going to throw his body around. He's going to be physical. Like not like Nas Reed is probably number one or number two on my free agent list. I, I'm a little bit worried about the cost. I think he might be a little bit more expensive than I think the magic want to pay. Yep. But I think you could easily get him on a on a fairly favorable three year deal, um, and and I think he would make this team better, like significantly better, short term and long term. And that's where I think you you're in a spot where you can overpay a little bit, right? As long as it doesn't get crazy. Yeah, I'm not saying throw twenty million at Nas Reed, but if you had, to I'm afraid to- like like I feel like like fifth somewhere between fifteen to eighteen is probably his number. Yeah, and it it ideally, yeah, I'd like him a lot more around fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. Um, you know, but we'll, we'll see. Right. So you always overpay in free agency. That's, that's always the warning. You always overpay in free agency. And you're going to be if com- your team like Orlando, you're going to be competing against the teams that are using the tax their non-tax mid level, which is about 12 million. So you may not need to go all the way to 18 or hopefully not 20. If you can say, Hey, how's 15 sound right. And if that's good. So the other guys, the other three guys, um, First is a name people are probably going to recognize. They're probably going to be like, yeah, really? Dwight Powell, not bad, right? If you I had him on my go, list too. Yep. If you need to go with another guy. Just, just in, injury yep. questions are the only thing with him. Yep. But can bang, rebound, play defense. You know, solid screener. Things. Like yep. just very solid player. Should should yep. be relatively cheap. Like, yep. you know, comparatively. Exactly. Another guy who I really like, he played really, really well for most of the year before, kind of falling out of the rotation. Had a better year over the last couple years uh but it is his role got bigger maybe exposed a little bit but still not bad for a backup level guy Chemezi metu is a guy who can actually okay. play a little bit from the sacramento kings and then my yeah. favorite kind of under the radar big and oh, a lot of people know how good this guy has been and fills a huge need for the magic as far as being a rim protector and a guy who can really help on defense drew eubanks who's been with the portland okay. trailblazers he is Played, played really, really well in Portland. And this is, again, none of these guys are going to be guys who picks outside of maybe Nas Reed. None of these other three guys should be guys who break the bank. They should all be guys you can get. Yeah, for. you shouldn't pay more 
You shouldn't you, be paying. I mean, you should Metu, be able to Metu pay should, just above the minimum to get those yeah, guys, and that should yeah. be enough. If you're if you're letting if you're letting Batadze walk, you're paying the same amount for yeah. Metu or for yeah. or for yeah, a little bit. Like, those more, are back end you know, guys, yeah. like yeah, yeah. And yeah. and I think those are guys too where like they obviously Eubanks is somebody I like a lot just because of the shot blocking and finishing ability around the rim. I think he's somebody who can step in and start. He started a lot for Portland over the last couple of seasons with Nurkic being out at the end of each year and he's held up, you know, so that that's a guy, you know, again, we're not going to be, you you and I are not going to record a special locked on magic. Oh my God. The magic signed drew Eubanks show. Let's break. You will not be getting a locked on now on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, you'll we're, get a, you'll get a full episode, but you will not get a lock. You will not get an immediate reaction podcast. Exactly. Today. Yeah, you're not going to wake me up at two thirty in the morning and say we got to record <laughs> now, right? But those are the moves that help you win, right? Are the ones that are just good, solid moves, and you know, and again, no, none of those break the bank really. You're you're in a pretty good place. Those are depth guys you can add for you know somewhere between the next two to three years. Maybe even you go out to a fourth year if it's friendly enough because it's not going to hurt you. Those are the kind of moves I think that make a lot of sense for this team. Before before we move on to because I agree with you, the the backup center list is very thin. Like this is not this isn't a draft with good center options. Like Der- Derek yeah. Lively was in Orlando earlier this week, according to his Instagram. I'm sure he was visiting Disney and not doing oh, anything else. Sure. Um, you know, Star Wars, you know, Star Wars Land is there. It's the yeah. it's Velocicoaster's birthday. Magic would like, never bring in a Duke big man on the slide. I know. Never. I know. It's not like he had a tour of the facility when he was here yeah. with the team um yeah. for the NCAA tournament. Uh, but um uh, you know, the backup, the, the center options in the draft in free agency aren't particularly strong. So I do think that it's very possible that the Magic kind of stick with what they have. I think they bring back one of Mo Wagner or Goga Pataze. I don't think they bring back both. And yeah. I think, you know, unless Nas Reed is their big money guy, um, which, uh, you know, I like him. I think that, that there's a lot of potential there, but I could also see like this could be a bit of an overpay. He's a little bit injury prone. You, you know, if you're not going to rely on him for what you need to rely on, some of those other options are also certainly cheaper if they decide to spend their money elsewhere, you know, in, in, in free agency, uh, before we move off of kind of free agency this year and think about beyond this year, which is also a part of the equation, uh, cause the magic will have to spend some more money very, very soon as well. Um, what should the magic be in on some guys who played well in the playoffs, you know, playoff performance always seems to make everyone a lot more excited about guys and maybe they should be, um, you know, I, we all expect Austin Reeves to get a ridiculous contract. It sure sounds like the Lakers are going to try and match him or do a, you know an arenas provision poison pill type contract. Um, I'm not going to get into Austin Reeves, but I have two names that I want to go over from the playoffs that I think should be on the Magic's radar. Um, the first is Bruce Brown. What do you think Bruce Brown's market is going to be? You know, I know percentage wise, he's not maybe the shooter that 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 the Magic might want, and you know, Denver probably inflates everyone's shooting because Jokic is such a great passer and soaks up so much attention. Um, is it? I was in on him last year in free agency. I thought the Magic should have chased after him last year. Is he? Is he someone that's in the Magic's kind of preferred price range uh, with what they want to get done this this offseason? Is he someone that they should go after? And then I'll give you my second name after after that. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I don't know that there's a bigger non-Brown family fan of Bruce Brown than me. I think he's great. I wanted, you know, a whole host of teams, and when Denver got him for the taxpayer, I yeah. instantly called that one of the best signings of the summer last year because he's just he's just such a smart player. And the other thing is too, this is a guy who all he's really done since coming to prominence as a player is played with great players where he knows 
all right, my job is to cut. My job is to make open jump shots, play defense. And, you know, and then a little bit of point guard sprinkled in there. He can, he can, (laughs) he agrees. Apologies. That's an Amazon delivery that the dogs got fired up over. Uh, They were both (laughs) dead asleep on the office floor. So I think the bell was like, made them go nuts. But anyway, they're doing their job. They're doing their job. Right. That's it. Yeah. They're letting us know. Um, So anyway, Bruce Brown. I think he'd be a great fit on this team. The one challenge, he's a little small, so he's not, not, he can play up. He can definitely guard threes uh, without, without a doubt. So that part I'm less worried about. He just, now you're kind of further muddying that waters of that guard mix if you go with him, but I think it's fine, right? You just kind of figure it out, right? You let, let the best ones surface and, and play them on there. So yeah, I'm a huge Bruce Brown fan as far as his market goes. So here's a little bit of the challenge, right? The, the, uh, Nuggets can only offer him $7.8 million because of where they're at. They don't have his, they have non-bird rights on him. So they can't really pay him much. The Magic could obviously, they could go to $20 million if they wanted to in first year salary. Um, other teams are probably going to be around the taxpayer MLE. So it's really going to come down for Bruce Brown is, do I want to take more money from another team or do I want to stay here in Denver, take less money than I could probably get on the open market, compete for you know another title. And then I'll kind of cash in a year from now, either with Denver with my early bird rights or with another team a year from now. So that's the decision he needs to make. I know he said right after the finals, I want to stay, but a lot of that's Everyone says that. all that stuff. So I'm, I'm not going to go too, too, too worried about that one. Yeah. And I believe he has a player option for next year. So you could just opt in and stay and stay as well. I think he'd um, second name from- resign just, because it gets him more money, but yeah, yeah either way, and serves his bird rights with Denver. Yeah, yeah, it all um, amounts to the uh, same thing. He only needs what sign a two year deal at the same at the at that seven point eight. If he thinks he's going to be yeah. good two years from now, Denver comes back. They can pay him. They they got his bird rights. They can they can keep yeah. him keep him that. Or way. they could go the early um, bird although, right next summer, like the Bucks did with Bobby Portis, which is how they kind of parlayed that. Was you know one thing. I think Brown's profile is a little higher than Portis's was at the time, but it's a pretty similar situation. Yeah. Yeah. On uh, the other name, you know, played really had had some good moments in the playoffs. Very inconsistent throughout his career, but I, I think would be a player that would fit a lot of what the Magic are doing. I believe he was Bruce Brown's teammate in college, Lonnie Walker uh, from from the Lakers. I believe he's a free agent this summer. I think that I think that he'll have a little bit of a market. Um, I, I'd be I'd be interested interested. Uh, you know, again, if some other guys pass pass up, like had a had a solid had a couple of solid performances in the playoffs. There's some inconsistency there, but I think he fits the Magic's profile a lot too. Yeah, a guy I think we all thought of was going to be more than what he was for the Lakers after you know, some good years. Again, got caught in a crowded guard room in San Antonio with DeJounte Murray and Derek White for the early years of his career. Then they had Devin Vassell, and it was just a little little messy for him to break through in five minutes. But now, you know, with the Lakers, like you said, he, he was okay, but then – Kind of fell out of the rotation after they made all their trades and Austin Reeves came into prominence and became kind of their guy. But then, yeah, resurfaced in the playoffs with with some big performances. Can put the ball in the basket, can really shoot, can score. So, yeah, I have no issue with that. Again, probably comes pretty cheap, not going to really break the bank. Big thing is going to be, I think the Lakers are now in a position where they're probably going to be re-signing a lot of their own guys and just more or less running it back. So if they – think he's a part of that you got to pull him away um from there but he may look at him and be like yeah i can go to orlando and play a bigger role there again further muddies that water of that guard group right but 
but you're you're gonna treat that guard room with kind of a right now and uh what are we gonna do over the next couple years uh lens because Gary Harris may only be here one more year. Who knows what happens with Cole Anthony? Did you extend him or not? Who knows what happens with Marco Fultz? He's only got one more year left on his contract. Do you extend him or not? And those are kind of the questions you're gonna have to ask as you move forward with that group. And that's actually where I want to go next. Um, Cause you know, I think kind of hanging all over this, like I said, like we said at the beginning of this segment, you know, 20 minutes ago now, um, this is kind of this summer, next summer, kind of the last summer where the magic have like funny money, like money is not an object, you know, throw a lot of money at a guy. So what? Like, you know, Jonathan Isaac's contract is going to come off the books either next year or the year after you got Franz's big Franz's extension coming up at the end of not this season, but next season, I believe. Um, Paolo's the year after that. Jalen, Suggs. Jalen Suggs is going to be yeah. coming off the books, coming off the books here for restricted free agency. Um, so you have this like huge decision to make. Um, we know Jeff Waltman has always valued his flexibility. And, you know, as we talk about some of these free agents, it, it would not surprise me if Weltman tries very, very hard to front load the contracts like he did with Wendell Carter. I, 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 I don't know how long agents will go with that trick <laughs> um, and how long agents are going to be cool with that. You know, I, I personally, I know how I would feel as a work, you know, I'm, I'm happy the magic are able to do that. It gives them a lot of flexibility and power, but I know how I would feel as a worker. If the more I work for someone that my, the smaller my paycheck gets, um, that would like, that is a, that is a real emotion people have. Let's not pretend that they're also not employees of an organization. Um, as much money as they do make on these, on these contracts. And, you know, who knows, maybe they, maybe they kind of deal with the agents like, Hey, just give me how much I'd make over the life of the contract. You know, like you guys get them, you know, I know, I know that I know some players set their money up like that so they can get their, their salary, uh, full, they can get a paycheck full year rather than just during the season. That's you to hear that. I always just one thing on the descending contracts too, because I'm with you on everything you said, except for like guys like you and I, I don't know that they're going to pay us less to bring in somebody else to prop us up and make us better. Where in sports, it is kind of the assumption is sure. like, well, if I get less, that's more money you can pay to somebody else to help sure. me be better and win. So it is like, but I hear you like the, you can only go so far with it, right? Because eventually you're exactly. gonna, the, somebody's going to be like, no, dude, I've seen where the salary cap is going. Like, I'm good. Like, I don't need to be making you know, 5% of the cap because I gave you a deal that descends to $12 million, you know, down the line. I, I want to be, you know, I, I want to be, you know, at the number I want to be at. So, yeah, they, they're, they're going to have to get probably slightly. I also don't know about the, they, they like to throw non-guaranteed years on the end of deals and those things. I don't know that they're going to be able to continue to do that. But but I do trust that they'll get creative with their whole front office group. They do do a pretty good job with those kind of things. For sure. But that gets us to the big decision of the offseason. I honestly, I think it's as big as the draft is, as big as free agency is, what they do with Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz, I think, is a huge, huge, huge deal. And it wouldn't surprise me knowing how Jeff Weltman operates. He takes care of his guys. It would not surprise me if they take care of both this offseason. It would not surprise me if Cole says, you know what? I'm gonna play this year out as six man, see how good I can be, see if I can get a bigger number in the offseason. You know, I'm sure like Markel probably feels the same way, although I'm sure he's very grateful for the opportunity Orlando's given him. I guess, you know, this is all playing together. Free agency, the draft, these extensions, the new collective bargaining, which I want to ask you about here in a little bit. 
how should the Magic approach these extension talks, and, and what factor are they going to play in, in all the decisions that are that they're making before they get to extension season? I mean, it's always extension season. They could announce, <laughs> they, they could probably announce an extension tomorrow, maybe, or they have to wait till after July first. But you know, like it's it, before we get to like extension season, like in the dead part of the dead part of the calendar. Yeah, so what ends up happening in this case is, and I wrote this with Cole Anthony when I did the predicting the rookie scale extensions, is over on Spot Track. Everybody can check that out if they're interested. Um, with Cole Anthony, your challenge comes in with him is for the for it to be the right deal for the magic, it may not be the right deal for Cole Anthony, where there's a pretty fine line between the two. And if I'm Cole Anthony, I'm a little bit looking for let me see what uh, Emmanuel quickly signs for first in the same draft class. If he extends for a pretty big number, he's not going to get the same number as Emmanuel quickly. He's not in that stratosphere, just as a uh, known commodity on an already pretty good team. But I think Cole Anthony might be saying, hey, I can do a lot of the same things he can do. I can score. I can play make. It's not the same level of defender, but you know, I can do a lot of things too. And I think what happens there is that may be, Oh, he got 20 million a year, 22 million a year, whatever it is. All right, you know what I want? I want, you know, 15, 16 million a year. And I know that sounds like a big number, right? And this is where, hey, I always just to pump us a little bit more on spot track again. We put under Do every it. salary, we put the percentage of cap under there now because that's got to be something we all have to collectively reframe ourselves to think because you, we, we are conditioned to think 15, 20 million is approaching a max deal. And that's half of a rookie max deal. Now 15 isn't even half, right? 20 is going to be half pretty soon here. So, so that's for reference for, for reference on that. If the magic max Franz Wagner, what is that? What is that contract? I'd have to run it because he, he's not extension. Oh, sorry. Okay. I didn't mean to put you on the spot years, there. No, that's okay. I mean, I could run. But to give you a sense of, of what it looks like right now um, on this is it's like this year, uh, a, ma a guy coming off the rookie scale, Max would make – we're doing math on the fly here. Always fun radio. Um, <laughs> Max could be five years, there would 194. Be no five, 194. Could you repeat that, you repeat that real fast? Yeah. Yep. Five, 194. For a guy coming off his rookie scale deal right now. So that's, you know, players who played it out, you know, this season coming in, that's the lowest level of max. So that's 33.5 million starting salary at 25% of the cap totals out to by the end of the contract, $44.2 million deal, $194.3 million in total. So that's where I tell everybody 15 million for Cole Anthony. If you thought it was a bit much a couple minutes ago, you probably don't think it's so bad right now, right? You're probably like, that actually doesn't sound too bad. Established guy. Now, if I'm Cole Anthony, I'm thinking, all right, but if you go any lower than that, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to bet on myself having a monster year. You know, maybe Markel Fultz gets hurt, hurt again, and I start, and I'm really take off. And now, now in restricted free agency, which the Magic can still control the process, a summer from now, you know, maybe now we're talking more of a $25 million a year for a guy like Cole Anthony. But the reality is right now, you know, I'd go there. It goes much higher than that for the Magic. It's probably not enough value for me. You know, maybe I could be talked into doing one of those, all right, I'll start you at 18 
and bring it down each season where we go. But if I'm Cole Anthony, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm not, I'm in the middle of my career. I'm a guard. I should be fine for the next several years. I've never really had serious injuries. You know, I've stayed mostly healthy um, through, throughout my time. Like uh, I, I don't want to do that. So, so those are the kind of things you're looking at. Markel Fultz, slightly different story because of the injury history. He's now hopefully back and I'm going to lightly knock on wood. So the dogs don't go bananas again. Um, but it's, you got to be a little bit more cautious, right? And, and he's got one year left after this year. It's not guaranteed. So if you extend him, that becomes guaranteed. But that's where you start looking at and saying, all right, you know, we could probably do this. We could probably give you 20 plus million a year. Feel pretty good. That's a good rate for starting guard. You know, we feel pretty confident in you. And again, those at those numbers, those guys don't break your bank, right? They're, they're not messing up your cap sheet. They're not putting you in a place where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, we, we can't possibly, you know, fill out a roster with the new CBA and all the rules on everything. Cause you do have to be thinking, I know this sounds absolutely insane because he just finished his rookie season, but you're already thinking, you know, four years from now, Paulo, you know, let's hope everything goes the way we want it to go. He's on a max deal. That's going to be probably 50 plus million or, you know, right in that range by the time he starts that deal. That's probably about where the caps, it's, that's probably a little high, probably 42, 43-ish in first-year salary. But but that's where we're headed, uh, you know, with all this stuff, where the cap is going. Luckily, the no one reads the Orlando Sentinel anymore, so there's no polls on that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, and, 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 like, this is, like, the big thing is we got a new collective bargaining agreement. It, it comes in it, – it's effective next next season? So the so the CBA starts this July first. Um, okay. It'll come in. It'll start this July first. So in what two weeks or so um, is when it, when it starts. There's parts around the the I'm calling it the super tax. The real term is second tax apron. That is really apron, for yeah. the Warriors, Clippers teams like that. There's some of that that comes in this year uh, right away on July first. There's some that is phased in over time. Um, basically, what they they're kind of sort of doing is giving those teams. We're going to give you a grace period year to kind of get your stuff in order. So if you don't want to be that expensive, you have a year to figure it out between this off season and the trade deadline and everything. You you can you can get your stuff in line and figure out where you want to go with this. So so some of it comes in for the magic of the stuff that's coming in. Very little of it is going to um, impact them today. Right. Most of it is stuff where they're going to be looking at and saying, all right, you know, maybe if we got to resign all these guys to a ton of money, which generally means we're really, really good. So we're probably willing to do that. If that's where we go down the line, then that becomes a slightly different story for them. Yeah. And, and, and to that point, I think the magic could end up being a team, you know, if they maintain some of their cap space could be a team that helps a golden state get a little bit closer to that second apron or helps a team stay under that second apron. And, and that's why maybe the magic don't spend all their money this summer because there could be some opportunities as one of the cap teams, you know, and a team that wants to compete. So there might be some, it's like an, it's like an expansion draft. There might be some valuable players out there sure. that teams just can no longer afford that demand that the magic could get in on for very minimal costs. Like I, I'm a big believer that free agency isn't really how players move around anymore. Um, yes, you know, James Harden might be jumping ship to Houston this, this sure. season. There's still players that move in free agency, but the big players, those star players, if you're looking to add that next, that, that third star next to Paolo and Franz, you need to be able to trade for them. And so like, I'm a big believer that, you know, you, if you can take care of Cole Anthony today, 
And if it costs you a little bit more, A, that's okay because the cap's about to spike again because of the TV deal. Um, but you need to have salary slots. Like, again, I, I mentioned everyone who there's, I've had a lot of people say like the magic need more for Jonathan Isaac. He's the highest paid player. And I'm just like, no, that doesn't matter because money isn't important right now, but you don't also drop Jonathan Isaac because he's a 17, you know, and I hate thinking of people as assets and and, and that's the worst part of this business, sure. but he's a $17 million chip that you can put on the table and say, Get, what can I, what can I buy for a John, for a lightly, for non-guaranteed Jonathan Isaac. And, and especially yeah. for like a team that's at that second apron, that non-guarantee for next season becomes like, that's free money. That's literally free money. That, 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 that's a get out of jail free card mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah. I've been thinking about with the magic a lot, especially with the warriors and the Clippers, they get in a spot where it is like, all right, you know, we tried the guard thing. Right. And it, Jalen Suggs never really got there. And, you know, Cole Anthony, you know, tops out as a six man, which is fine. You know, that's not the end of the world. But we really need, you know, another guy who can fill it up as a scoring guard. You could maybe get, you know, a year from now, Jordan Poole or Norman Powell from the Clippers if those teams are in a position where it's like, all right, we got to reshed salary or not reshed, but just shed salary to get our stuff realigned so that we can make some other moves and do other things. You could probably pick one of those guys off at a relative steal because of you're in position to be able to do that. That's why I don't think to, to kind of put a bow on everything we talked about with the, the strategy, I don't think they're going to be doing any super huge, big moves. Like we said, we'll know if they all of a sudden up and wave Isaac and Harris and, Holy crap, the Magic are going for 50 million in caps. Something big's coming because they're not doing that for nothing. But I think it's probably going to be looks pretty similar. A couple moves around the edges. Again, probably nothing you're going to be jumping up and down and going bonkers over. But it's all designed around let's fill some holes. Let's bank on internal improvement, better health. And then let's move it forward and get into a spot where, hey, when it's time and we can really now take advantage of one of these teams that needs to make a trade. I mean, Boston may be in that spot. You could maybe pick off a Derek White or even a Malcolm Brogdon. And at that point, the Magic may be saying, all right, we are one more veteran away from now. We, now we're in the mix for the three or the four seed a year from now. We really feel good about where we're headed as a team. And, you know, we can do that. And that, that, that's what I think they're going to do is do everything they can to kind of preserve their flexibility while, you know, hey, it's, it's mostly about internal growth here. It's about you know, us getting better as, as an overall group. Yeah, um, we have we've talked for an hour on this. There's obviously a lot more we can talk about with the Orlando Magic. We could talk easily for another hour on this. Um, I won't I won't make anyone anyone listen to that for now, <laughs> and I won't make us do that for now. But um, Keith, uh, thank you for so much for coming on, talking to us a little bit about the offseason moves and what the Magic can do. Where where can people find you if if you know they want to read that article uh, on your predictions for the rookie extensions and, and all that. Yeah, you can find me on Spot Track. Uh, all my written work is up there. Uh, now you, you can go over there. Look, uh, that uh, rookie scale predictions is up. My Orlando Magic offseason preview has been up for a little while now because we 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 do those in order of elimination, uh, you know, from from the the playoffs. Um, so unfortunate for the Magic. Hopefully for the last time that was written before. The it wasn't playoffs. that late. <laughs> no, hey, it was better. It was better than you know being done in 
you know, before the training, they were the last Eastern team eliminated. Yeah. I love it. You know, it was great, man. It was, it was really fun, you know, to watch them run all the way to, to the end and play meaningful basketball in March, you know, the beginning part of April was, you know, really fun again. So, um, but you can find that there. You can find it just, just posted today. Um, I went through all the 40 remaining player and team options and made a prediction on what happens with each one of those. We'll have a similar type thing, which should be of interest to magic fans for non-guaranteed players, at least ones whose guarantee dates is, you know, before the middle of July, the ones that stretch out to January, we're not going to spend a lot of time on all those, but, but th- those are all up there. You can also find, if you like this kind of talk about rosters and transactions and the salary cap NBA front office show with Trevor Lane and I, we do that uh, five days a week. Usually um, we're, we're, we're there. We're, we'll be live for the NBA draft for the uh, at least the first round, probably into the second round. Um, but we we uh, do a live show there where we take questions and react to everything that happens live. And then we do live, Live free agency shows every night. Uh, we do them, you know, later in the evening, eleven uh, midnight Eastern, around that time uh, when things start to slow down a little bit. So we'll have all those coming uh, here at the end of June and beginning part of July. So a lot of lot of good stuff coming in the uh, you know fun off season part of the year. Yep, uh, definitely check out Keith at all those fun places. I know I I usually try to keep up with everything that's going on around the league. Keith is my guy uh, for all contracts and off season stuff. Definitely check him out. Uh, where you can. Uh, you can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in Himoy, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun by single podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. Release on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me, follow me, follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Uh, for all my everyday listeners, um, on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll talk a little bit more about some draft prospects. We'll get into Derek Lively, probably talk a little about Jairus Walker, two players. One we believe has already worked out with the Magic, one that is going to be working out with the Magic very, very soon. And if you haven't done so already, please check out my subtext. I'm starting to, 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 to post some stuff on subtext um, to preview the draft, talk a little bit about the draft. You can direct dir- interact with me directly. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Magic. But until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.